Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. But it really brought to my attention the real lack of kindness out in the world, right? Maybe, maybe some of you have noticed that, maybe just a touch. We're getting into the holiday season, the Christmas season too, so if you haven't noticed the lack of kindness this far of the year, you might see it real soon, right? What better way uh, to see a lack of kindness than Black Friday? Have you ever gone out on Black Friday? Maybe, maybe Joanne, you're out in the store and there's one item left and it's a great deal and Joanne's like, oh, I've been wanting that all year long. And some other you know, person comes along and, and Joanne has a choice. I can be kind and step back or I can pretend to reach for something else and block and, hey, I got it, yes, you know, like that. So we have these options all the time. Are we going to be kind or are we going to put ourselves first? So uh, we'll pray in just a minute, but I want to share a little bit about Ephesians chapter 4. That's where we find ourselves today. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul begins with beseeching us, begging us, saying, not quite on his hands and knees, but saying, this is going to be very helpful to you if you do this. He beseeches us to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we're called. And those are some big words for, if you call yourself a Christian, walk worthy of the name Christian, right? And that's what he wants them to do. He goes into detail about how that should look, how that carries over to unity at the church. He spent the first three chapters of Ephesians talking about how we're saved by grace, how we have all these great things that God has done for us, and now he's you know, revving it up a little bit in chapter four. And he talks about the purpose of the church being to edify the believers, being to uh, set, equip the saints to be effective ministers and ambassadors of Christ. Now an ambassador is somebody who carries the message of the gospel, right? If somebody, if their only opinion of Christ was what they saw in us, well, that's pretty, pretty heavy responsibility sometimes, right? But that's what our job is as a minister, as an ambassador of Christ. Uh, verse 17 through 19, it talks about the characteristics of the old man. Now, there's been a battle raging since the day of the garden with Adam and Eve, and you know when sin entered in, now there's two natures. There's the old man and the new man, and we have to decide every day which one we're going to be that day, right? It's not easy to live as the new man, to set aside the, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all those things. But that's what we've been called to do as Christians is to pursue living as the new man. Uh, so he, he describes putting on the new man and then in verses 20 to 24, and finally in verses 25 to 32, he describes the conduct of the new man. He says, this is how we should live. This is how we should be in front of others, the witness and testimony we should offer. So now let's pray, and then we'll jump in and we'll see what God's word has to say for us today. Father, we thank you for this time. We pray that you'd uh, speak uh, through me, through your word. And Father, encourage us to be kind. Uh, show us how important kindness is uh, within the church, but more importantly, within our lives. Father, as we are the ambassadors that you've chosen to use to share your word and to share what Christ has done for all that would believe. Father, we thank you for this time. We pray that it would be profitable. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to, we're going to start, uh, go back a little bit in Ephesians chapter 4, 
and we're going to start in verse number 20. Now, the title for the message today is called to kindness. So think, keep, that, uh, keep that in mind as we're reading through the scripture. And I don't know if you can see the bottom over here, but that's going to be a recurring uh, theme throughout the message. It says, not everyone that is kind is a Christian, but every Christian should be kind, right? Something to think about, something to really uh, make a commitment to doing. So in verse number 20, we see Paul writing here, but ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye putting off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So we're told right off the bat, out with the old, get the old man, get the sinful nature, stop going down that road, stop playing that song again and again. Instead, replace it with the new man, the new man who's walking in the spirit, who has a renewed spirit and a renewed mind. If you have a renewed spirit and renewed mind, it should change how you act, change how you talk, change how you treat other people. And he says, to that end, you know, being renewed in the spirit of your mind, consider verses 24 through 32. And he continues, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry, in verse 26, and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to them that needeth. Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. We could use a lot more of that today, couldn't we? Ministering grace unto the hearers. Uh, verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now, if you take a moment and think about that list, that's quite a list of things that we're told, don't do this, 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 all the way down, right? And if you're still with me, look at verse 32. And this verse 32 is the real challenge. So we were just given a whole list of things not to do. Don't do all this bad stuff. And you might think, okay, okay, I, I worked really hard and I didn't do any of this bad stuff. So I'm doing pretty well, right? Well, now we're told, don't do this bad stuff, but do do the good stuff. And that's where the challenge can really come to play. The challenge here in verse 32, Paul says, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And that's another recurring theme throughout the message is it's not enough to just not do the bad things, right? But we need to do the good things. We need to do the good things, such as being kind to one another, being tenderhearted, forgiving one another, right? Those are challenging things, but without those, without actively doing those things, our walk, our Christian walk, the vocation that we've been called to, can be very much hindered, very much hindered. Today, I wanna to challenge you to consider our call to kindness. Again, that's the title of the message today, our call to kindness, as we look at the five C's of biblical kindness. Now, I know I went to Pensacola, right? Uh, kindness starts with a K, not a C, but thank you for being kind and letting me go with the five C's of kindness. So uh, let's jump right in and we're gonna look at the first C of kindness 
is commanded to be kind. Now, if I were to ask you, what does it practically mean to be kind? What would you say? Anybody? All right. What's that? Don't punch out somebody's lights, okay? If there's a parent in the room, they might say, well, I'm kind to my children. I let them live in my home, okay? You know, otherwise you're kind of required to by the law, but yeah, you can be kind to your kids. Um, Paul's instruction is quite clear. Be ye kind one to another. Not be ye kind to those that are like you and that appreciate your kindness and reciprocate your kindness and are always kind to you. No, it says be ye kind one to another. It's quite clear. Be ye kind one to another. You might envision saying that to kids. Now, not your own kids. But these are other people's kids, right? Other ones that aren't kind. And, you know, you might say, now, Billy, be kind. And what is Billy's response back to you going to look like? He probably says, I am, right? And we've all heard kids say that. You tell them to do something, and they're like, I am. And, you know, they only weigh about 40 pounds, but they're, they got about 80 pounds of answer coming back at you. And you're just like, wow, you're really not being kind, right? But kindness is not something easy for children. And by extension, a lot of us are just, well, everyone here has been a child at one point in their life, right? Does anybody want to say they haven't ever been a child? All right, we've all been a child. Some of us are still a little closer, but other ones you have more experience, right? And the point is, kindness is more challenging to do, more challenging to be good at, than a lot of us care to admit, right? Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines kindness as an act of goodwill, beneficence, any act of benevolence, which promotes the happiness or welfare of others. Charity, hospitality, attention to the wants of others, uh, are deemed acts of kindness or kindnesses, right? So we can look at a lot of situations maybe that are popping up in our mind and say, did I handle that well or could I have been kind? You know, could I have been more kind in how I handled that situation, right? Now, never mistake kindness for weakness, but the very strongest people often can be kind, right? If you think about your past, maybe uh, school teachers, that you had, or maybe aunts, grandmothers, uncles. Can you think of any kind people? I can think of some kind people. And to me, as a little kid, they were the most beautiful people I knew. Because you know they may not have been rich, they may not have been wealthy, nothing wrong with those things, but they were kind. You knew that when you talked to them, you were going to be treated nicely. You knew that um, they might have a snack for you. They didn't you know, let bad things go. They corrected you when you had to be corrected, but they did it in a manner that was kind. They did it in a manner of love, and you knew that they really cared about you because of the way they treated you. And that's being kind right there. It's something that's very much missing in the world, and I think if we're not careful, it can be missing in our personal lives, and by extension, our church, because our church is really a gathering, an ecclesia of people. So we have to be very careful that we don't leave kindness at the door, right? We don't want to do that. So the dictionary, the 1828, even gives a biblical reference of an example of kindness. And the reference it gives is Acts 28.2. The Bible says, And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. Now the context here is Paul being shipwrecked along with 276 mostly prisoners, right? And they, they kicked, they floated, they did the backstroke, they did anything they could 
to get out of that ocean, out of the water, up onto the shore. And the people that they call barbarous, the, the term really means they weren't Greeks. They didn't look like the Greeks. They you know, were some other civilization. They saw the need of these shipwrecked, uh, soaking wet, exhausted men, and they said, hey, we're going to build a fire for you, right? These weren't Christian people. These were, as referred to, barbarous. How many of you would like to be called barbarous? Eh, I didn't ask how many had been called barbarous, but you know nobody wants that kind of title. That's not a very nice title. But they were kind enough to make a fire for all these people who were practically nearly dead, soaking wet, exhausted, having just survived a shipwreck. And Paul, you know, writes it down. He goes, they built, they showed kindness by building a fire. Did they have to do that? No. They might have been more concerned. What are these criminals going to do uh, washing up on shore? My house is right there. They're going to rob me. They're going to do all these things. Well, no, they set that aside, and they showed kindness to these men by building a fire. I will say this often throughout the message. Not everyone that is kind is a Christian, but every Christian should be kind. Every Christian must be kind. There are many instances throughout Scripture where the quote-unquote heathen are doing better things than the Christians. And I'm sad to say that that's not limited to the Old and New Testament, right? We've often heard people say, you know, about maybe waiters or waitresses, how Christians are, are poor tippers, right? They don't leave good tips. Or I've even heard it, I read it somewhere, and the person who the author said was a Christian said, oh, well, I gave your tip to Jesus this morning at church. Don't ever do that, right? Like we were told at college, Pensacola again, you know, if you can't afford to tip, then you can't afford to go out to a place that requires a tip, right? Don't have that kind of testimony, uh, you know, if you're, if you're out in the public uh, realm. Another one here, you know, uh, have you ever heard another Christian share gossip or talk about a brother or sister or even a pastor or missionary in an unkind manner? Now, we're all human. We've all said things that we, we shouldn't have, right? But it shouldn't be a habit because that's a very old man thought. That's not a new man. It's not walking in the spirit. It's not doing what we're supposed to do right there. Have you ever forgot to be kind to a visitor? And what do you think an impact that would have on that visitor? Now, I warned David I had to pick on somebody today, and he voluntarily raised his hand and said, pick on Laurelly. No, he didn't do that. That wouldn't be nice. He would. I hope you still have lunch today, right? Now, David, that's your seat right there, correct? Yes, that is David's seat. David doesn't have a sign on the seat, but everybody that's here knows that that is David's seat. Now, if David happened to be elsewhere, you know, helping out, or maybe I was harassing him by giving him a truckload of receipts, and somebody came in and sat down in David's seat, and David walks back in and realizes it's time for church to start, and he sees a visitor in his seat, and he walks up to him, and he looks at him, and he doesn't say anything, and the visitor looks up at David, and David says, my name is David, you're in my seat the visitor might feel a little uncomfortable. The visitor might say, well, my name is, is Charles. Nice to meet you, David. And David just repeats it again. My name is David. You're in my seat. And now the visitor feels really uncomfortable. And the visitor thinks, well, I know his name is David. I know I'm in his seat. He made that very clear. But <sighs> this is getting uncomfortable. And the visitor says, well, um, would you like me to get up? I can go somewhere else. And David says again, my name is David, you're in my seat. And finally, Charles, our, our new friend that uh, at least one of us has met, right? He gets up and he goes somewhere else. 
And David, now joyously having his seat back, he sits down and says, my name is David. I have my seat, right? But he doesn't seem to notice that the visitor just slipped out and may never come back here again. Now, later in the week, David gets a call from Pastor Prime because Pastor Prime had a friend named Charles who was looking for a new church. And Charles had just gotten saved and Pastor Prime had been praying for Charles for a long, long time and encouraging Charles to come to church. And Charles had some bad experiences at church before. And you know he was really concerned about what he was gonna run into at church. And Pastor Prime said, no, it's a friendly church. It's fine, people will be really nice to you. And then Pastor Prime says to David, hey David, I wasn't here on Sunday, but uh, did you happen to see this, a, a guest? Was there a visitor named Charles? And David's like, my name is David, uh, I have my seat, you know, it's not going to work out well. And thank you, David, you know, David would never do that. David would offer his seat, I'm sure. I could try it right now, but no, I won't. Uh, David would, wouldn't do that, right? And it's a somewhat silly example. But I did hear of a, of a story, and I hope it was just a story, of something similar happening in a church. This gentleman came in, and he wasn't familiar with church. He wasn't familiar with, you know, up, down, sing, open, close book, that type of thing. He was in the back, and he didn't have his cell phone muted, and they were singing, and he dropped the book, and he dropped the book because he was trying to turn his phone off because his phone was ringing. And everybody in the church turned back and looked at him, and somebody made a rude comment, you should have had your phone off before you came in here. And he felt really, really bad, and he didn't even stay through the entire service. He left. And he goes back to the bar, the place that he was comfortable with, and he goes in there, and the lady behind the counter knew who he was, and she said, Bob, you know, you look really stressed out. And he goes, yeah, I was just at a place, and, and he's taking a drink, and he drops his, his cup, his little glass. And the lady behind the counter says, oh, don't worry about it. Here's another one. Let me get that all cleaned up for you. Which of those places was friendly? Which of those places showed kindness, right? Let it never be said that a bar shows more kindness than a church, right? Because if anybody, we should be the ones that have a lock on kindness. We should be the ones that will show kindness to everybody that comes through our doors, right? So that's why it's so, so important when Paul says these words, be ye kind one to another. We, we see that the barbarians or the barbarous people you know, made a fire for, for Paul and for all the, the companies there. We see how important it is to be kind to others. Well, the world even recognizes the power and the importance of kindness. Recently, Inc. Magazine, not a Christian magazine by any stretch, they came out, and this might be uh, you know, republished from somebody else, they came out with the acronym of THINK. And it stands for T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? And the idea is think about what you're going to say, whether it's spoken, whether it's email, whether it's written or otherwise. Think about what you're going to say. Think about the impact of the words or message or the way it comes across, right? And if you think about it and say, yes, it's true, yes, it's helpful, yes, it's inspiring, yes, it's necessary, and yes, it's kind, then go ahead with it. But if it's not those things, then maybe redo your message until it fits that, right? If the world recognizes how important it is to be kind, you see slogans out all the time, I've, I've seen them at least, 
where it says, be kind, choose kindness, yada, 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 right? If the world can see how important it is to be kind, then we should be the ones running ahead of them saying, yes, be kind, follow us to kindness as we follow Christ, right? That should be something they see from us and say, wow, look at these people. We think they're kind of crazy, but hey, they are pretty kind, so we can, we can follow them. We should be the, the poster child, children, of being kind. Uh, Proverbs offers insight on this as well. Proverbs 12:18 says, There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Now, going back to what we, we said, you can be very good at not doing all the bad things that you shouldn't do, but if you don't have kindness, you lose your audience very quickly, right? Because you can say things, and they may be truthful things, but you can say them in a way that is not helpful. You can say them in a way that's not kind. The Bible even says, give, give them the truth in love, right? And again, I'm not saying we have to be weak and, you know, milk toast and all that. Jesus gave very solid commands. He gave very solid imperatives, but he often did it in a kind way. He often did it in a way that would endear people to him to hear the message that he had because he knew that he needed to get their attention. He knew that he needed to show them that he loved them before they would ever listen to him. Another example is from Proverbs, a more familiar one, Proverbs 15:1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. So let me ask, how are you doing with the command to be kind? Right? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because, you know, I wouldn't want to, yeah, it, it hits home too. This was a hard message to put together. Uh, you know, kids are, are great, but kids are kids, and kids are often living in the old nature, right? Just like a lot of adults. So as I was trying to put this together, I was correcting my kids. And I'm like, why can't they just be kind? And then I go back to this. How are you doing with command to be kind? I'm like, ooh, that hurt, right? Because it's something that it's so common, but we struggle with it so often. So often we struggle with being kind. You know, somebody cuts us off just the other day, Friday, we're driving home and this car cut us off and slammed his brakes on and, you know, I'm not going to share the things that I was thinking, but, you know, was it, I'm saving a seat for you in church, buddy. You know, it's so often easy to just let the flesh come through and not be kind. And it's very, very convicting. Maybe you, maybe you did not feel like being kind, right? Maybe you feel the person is undeserving of the time and effort you need to invest of yourself to be kind. Maybe you consider kindness to be a real challenge. Well, I'll be honest, it is. Being kindness is a real challenge, and that's the second C of kindness. Number two, the challenge of kindness. As you'll see on the slide, kindness is not our default position. We're not born thinking, who can I be kind to today, right? That is, again, it's not something in the old nature, in the old man. Kindness is, well, it's the, one of the fruit of the spirit, right? It's something that we have to work towards. We have to be on our, our best behavior to be able to show others kindness. And we're not doing it because we want to earn favor with God. We're doing it as an expression of showing what he's done for us, right? If we understand we've been forgiven, we understand that we've had so much mercy showed to us, so much kindness showed to us from the Lord, then the very least we can do is to show kindness to others. Let me continue. The challenge of kindness, remember, kindness is not the natural default position of the old man. Why is kindness so difficult? Well, just like mercy and forgiveness, kindness is both a choice that we have to exercise and it is the product of walking as the new man. 
is it easier to sit on the couch eating a pizza and a two liter of Pepsi, not that I speak of experience doing this, or go work out on the elliptical for an hour and a half? Which of those two is easier? Pizza, yes please, you have any? You know, which of those two is more enjoyable? Pizza, which of those two is most beneficial? Don't say pizza, please, okay. <laughs> Obviously the exercise, the exercise is, is better for us, but that's not what we wanna do naturally. And maybe if somebody here does, maybe I should spend more time with you to rub off on me, right? That's good. But kindness is a choice we have to make. If we are struggling with it in our walk as the new man, then we struggle to be kind. I'll say it again. If we're struggling in our walk as the new man, we're going to struggle to be kind. Because if kindness is the extension of who we are as a new man, who we should be as a new man, and if we're not the new man, then we're not going to be kind. It's, it's pretty simple. The two of them go together so well. The, com the command to be kind follows the admonition we see uh, in Ephesians 4, 25 through 31. To put away lying, put away stealing, put away corrupt communications, grieving the Holy Spirit, bitterness, anger, wrath, and evil speaking. And again, you may think I'm doing pretty well at not doing all these bad things, but how am I doing at practicing the things I should do, such as kindness, right? It's akin to saying, well, I didn't break any of the thou shalt nots of the Ten Commandments. I didn't kill anybody today. I was close, but I didn't, right? I didn't do all these bad things I was supposed to. But I also didn't do the greatest commandment of loving the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind, right? You don't really get credit unless you do everything as you're supposed to do. Um, if we are fulfilling the great commandment, if we're walking in the new man, then we're demonstrating this by being kind. When you show biblical kindness, you set aside anger, you set aside bitterness, you set aside resentment, and you're able to do so because you understand what kindness is. You understand where kindness comes from. You understand that you have the option, the ability to be kind because you've been forgiven of so much, right? You, as a Christian, better than anybody else that's not a Christian, understands what kindness come, where kindness comes from because you understand true forgiveness. We have all been hurt by folks from our past, and we may be overly guarded about not wanting to be hurt again. That's one reason I think why people struggle with being kind, because you know, maybe I just got yelled at and screamed at and whatever, and if, I be kind, if I'm kind again, I'm opening myself up to get trampled, to get yelled at, to get screamed at again, and that's happened too many times, so I really don't wanna do that, right? But we're told to be kind. We're told to you know, be that example. Matthew uh, says in the book of uh, Matthew, uh, verses 12 through 14, you know, therefore all things whatsoever we, ye would that men should do to you, do ye even to them, do ye even so to them, for that this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to, or which leadeth unto life, and few there be that finds it. Matthew records Jesus stating, don't do unto others what they have done to you. Instead, do unto them as you would have them do unto you. So if somebody hasn't been kind to you, that doesn't mean, ha ha, yes, they were mean to me, I'll be even twice as mean back to them. They hit me once, I'll knock them down twice. No, we're told to do unto them as we would have them do unto us, regardless of previous interactions. We should be an instigator of biblical kindness. I'll say that again. 
We should be an instigator. I'm not going to stop there. We should be an instigator of biblical kindness, being kind one to another. Sounds like a verse that I might have mentioned once or twice. Knowing that your act of kindness towards an unsaved person could be the thing that gets their attention and could be the opportunity needed to help them exit the Broadway, the Broadway and begin traveling down the, the narrow way to life. What is it that, that shows how different we are than the world? Because we can be kind. What is it that, that gets people's attention? People's attention, they're used to bad behavior, they're used to negative things, they're used to complaining, to groaning, to murmuring, to gossip, to all this bad stuff. But if you can show them kindness, they might really be confused at first. But then they think, wow, maybe there's something to this. And it's a great opportunity to fulfill the Great Commission. It's a great opportunity to be able to say, if they question, say, you know, Debbie, why are you so kind? <laughs> because I have this really cool medicine? No, you can be kind because it's a great opportunity for Debbie, for all of us, to explain to other people, I can be kind because Jesus has been kind to us. Did you know he sent his son, or you know, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to give us a home in heaven if we believe that he's forgiven us for all of our sins. It's a great segue, great opportunity to share the gospel. And you know what the best part is? They come to you and they ask you about it because they see a difference in your life because you're being kind. It's a great opportunity. So far we have been commanded to be kind and if now we understand the challenge of being kind, then what is holding us back? What's holding us back? The third C of kindness is cost. There's a cost to kindness. There's a cost to everything, right? The note on the board there is saying, what would you willingly sacrifice? Now, if it was a government official that came to your door and said, what would you willingly sacrifice? You know what they would see at my house? They would see the door slam shut, right? Because I don't want to willingly sacrifice anything more than I have to to the government, right? But in the life of a Christian, some things that we should be willing to sacrifice are you know, some of our, our not so good motivations. If we choose to be kind to somebody, then that means we have to set aside anger, we have to set aside wrath, we have to set aside uh, bitterness that we might have held on to. Those are all roadblocks that are going to prevent us from being kind. Those are all roadblocks that are there because they're associated with the old man. The new man doesn't have room in his life for those things. The new man understands Christ has forgiven me, I can forgive others. Christ was wounded and suffered a whole lot for me. So if I'm wounded and suffer a little bit, then you know I'm being worthy to be called the name Christian, right? So the Bible says here, if we strive to be kind, it will cost us some of the things mentioned in Ephesians 24, 25 through 32. Namely, the letting go of anger, bitterness, strife, wrath. Biblical kindness means not only being benevolent, but also being willing to love, give, and forgive. A couple of references from Proverbs, Proverbs 22, 9, he that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed for he giveth of his bread to the poor. So one example, showing kindness by giving of yourself. And I don't mean, you know, giving your wallet to every panhandle or every person that's out there. God gives us discretion. God will allow us to say, hey, how can I best use kindness and generosity, right? But it's something that should be in our mind and we should be looking for ways to be kind and helpful to people. Proverbs 25, 21, if then enemy be hungry, give uh, him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head and the Lord shall reward thee. So be kind to the unkind. 
A few years ago, uh, Chick-fil-A was in the news because uh, Truett Cathy said he supports traditional biblical marriage, right? And there were protesters at Chick-fil-A all over the country. Well, I thought it was a, gr a, tremendous, um, a tremendous act by Chick-fil-A. What did they do? They fed the protesters. And I'm sure when they gave them the food, you know what they probably said? My pleasure, because that's what they do, right? They were a great example of kindness. If I was protest, well, if I had found out that you get free Chick-fil-A by going to protest, I might have been there morning, evening, hey, what are we protesting? I don't know, I'm kind of hungry, you know. But think about it, Chick-fil-A was a great picture of kindness. They could have said, you know, they could have said, deploy the dogs, but instead they said, deploy, deploy the Chick-fil-A sandwiches, right? Deploy some extra Polynesian sauce for that guy. He looks like he needs some, right? They were kind. Proverbs 24, 29. The Bible says, say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. Remember from the New Testament, it's as you would, they do to you. So we need to be the example. We need to be the grown-up in the picture, the mature Christian and say, hey, here you go. And it gives plenty of opportunity to show that there is a difference. Um, understanding that kindness has a cost should not cause us to limit our kindness. Right? It's not like we have a little piggy bank. Okay, I will give you one penny of kindness. Uh, you're not getting anything. You know, it's not like there's a limit to it. We should give kindness liberally. I just said liberal in a Baptist church, I know, but we should give kindness liberally. It should be something that we are worth, uh, we are excited about giving. Understanding that kindness has a cost, again, should not cause us to limit our kindness. It should propel us, uh, propel you to use kindness to show compassion, which is the fourth C. So the fourth C of, con, of, king, of kindness is compassion. One of my favorite verses about compassion is Jude 22, having compassion make a difference. And I'm going to say it again just to keep it on top of your mind. Not everyone that is a Christian is kind. And I'm sorry, not everyone that is kind is a Christian, but every Christian should be kind. So uh, number four here, how does compassion connect to kindness? Compassion means to have mercy on and to help someone who is seeking help helping someone who is afflicted or discouraged. Again, Jude 22 states, and of some having compassion make a difference. Can you think of a time where a single act of kindness changed someone's life forever? If you're here today and you're saved, then you should definitely think of a time where a single act of kindness changed your life forever. Jesus died on the cross. He willingly said, not, this, or, um, you know, not my will, but thine be done. He took that cup upon himself and he died on the cross, a terrible embarrassing, publicly humiliating death for our sins, for each one of us. There's no greater act of kindness than was demonstrated that day for us. It, you know, it gives us no excuse to offer kindness. Well, that person was mean to me. That person cut me off. That person took the last thing at the Black Friday day, right? Well, those are all small potatoes compared to what Jesus did for us. In the Old Testament, starting in 2 Samuel 9, we see the example of a king showing kindness to the grandson of the man who often tried to kill him. I don't have time to read the passage today, but the passage is about David and Mephibosheth. David says, is there anybody left of my friend Jonathan's house, right? And you can read the passage yourself, 2 Samuel chapter 9, and he goes through and he finds him. Now Mephibosheth was lame he, you know, at his feet. If you were in the Old Testament and you were lame at both of your feet, and you were the, the grandson of a, a, of a deposed king, what do you think your life potential looked like? 
there wasn't a whole lot of people that were looking you know, to go out of their way to help you. And here comes David, and David says, is there anybody left of the household of Jonathan that I can show kindness to, that I can be a blessing to? And what does he do? He brings Mephibosheth in, and he sets him up as his own son and lets him sit at the table. He sits at the table of the king. Compassion of kindness gave Mephibosheth, yeah, I did so well, did, gave Mephibosheth a seat at the table of the king as one of his sons. It sounds a bit like what we have to look forward to, doesn't it? We were, were used to be you know, the child of the enemy, but now we have been called the child of God if we've been saved. We have been given a seat at the king's table with all the benefits thereof, everything that comes through with that because of our deserving nature? Absolutely not. Because of kindness that God the Father expressed to us through God the Son. So far we've worked through the command of kindness as well as the challenge of cost and compassion of kindness. The fifth and final C is commitment to kindness. Uh, if we look at, you know, look around the world today, are people more or less excited about commitment today than they were in the past? Yeah, nobody wants commitment. Everything wants it, you know, everybody wants casual. Oh yeah, I'll go when I can, you know. Oh, well, let's get together if we can. Commitment is really fading away because people are, maybe they're afraid or they'd rather do it on their schedule. To honor the command of kindness, we must, we must make a commitment to kindness. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit thy, ways to, um, commit thy works rather unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. It's a great place to start, but I want you to reflect on a couple verses from 1 Corinthians 13. Um, Paul says, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. In verse two, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faiths so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. In these three verses, Paul said he lacked charity, said if he lacked charity, then even though he did all these great things, it would profit him nothing. And Christian, I say to you today, if you lack the ability to be kind, if you lack the ability to be tenderhearted, to forgive others, then you will not be the fruitful Christian God wants you to be. It's, it can't happen. You can try to not do all these things that you shouldn't do, but if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you're not going to be profitable. And it starts with being with the simple thing of kindness. But kindness isn't really that simple, is it? As we've learned, kindness takes effort. It takes work. It takes willingness to set aside anger, to set aside problems, you know, to set aside being hurt before, right? It takes effort to be kind. It's not something easy to do, but it's why we're commanded, why Paul says, and be ye kind one to another. If it wasn't hard, he wouldn't have to tell us to do it again and again and again. So it's so important that we be kind to one another. Today, I want you to make a commitment, if you're willing, to be kind one to another. We have the, um, you know, the visitor day coming up soon, and that visitor day, I would like all of us to be as welcoming and as kind as possible to the folks that come in. You know, it may be the only time they come into our church, so let's knock the ball out of the park. Let's not kick them out of the church. Let's knock the ball out of the park, being as kind as we possibly can. Being kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving is of the utmost importance, utmost importance 
for our church and our personal walk. All right? So I've laid out the importance of being kind, tenderhearted, forgiving, and I challenge you and myself to be kind, to make a commitment to be kind. If you're struggling with that, I want to share one more verse with you that should help. If you're having trouble saying, you know, I've tried to be kind in the past before and it's just too hard. You know, I've tried and it's just, I, I can't do it. Well, Joel, thir- Joel chapter 2, verse 13 says, and rend your heart, uh, by way of conclusion here, and rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of evil. In Joel's day, judgment was coming and they had already been judged, but this was going to be a lot, a lot worse. The judgment against Judah had been devastating, but it was going to get much worse. And Joel calls out to the people, and he tells them to repent. And normally when you were told to repent, you'd say, okay, and you'd rent your clothes. Well, here he says, rent your heart, not your clothes. It's much more difficult to change the inner man than it is to just do the outward, right? It's much more difficult to walk daily as the new man that we should do, as opposed to staying in the old. It's easy to put on nice clothes and to come to church and, you know, hey, but it's much more difficult to consistently walk as a new man when we're out of these four walls, when we're outside in the real world dealing with things that come up, right? Remember those words, rend your heart and not your garments. God wants us to to be real, but he wants us to be really kind to others because he knows that's a great example for us, he knows that that can open doors to have to see the Great Commission uh, work out. If you're struggling being the new man that you want to be, ask God to change your heart as you rend your heart and not your garments. He will both hear you and he will help you. If you want your life, testimony, and ministry to be profitable for the kingdom of God, then show the love of Jesus through kindness. I'll say it one last time. Not everyone that is kind is a Christian, but every Christian must be kind. All right? Let's uh, bow our heads and we'll have a time of invitation and uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for loving us enough to send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. Father, we thank you for giving us the, the wisdom for opening our eyes to see our need of salvation. And Father, many in this room have taken that step and have been saved and uh, many I'm sure have, have lived lives that are uh, in concert with your word trying to live in the new man every day, uh, trying to do the right thing, trying to be that, that example so others may see and desire salvation. Father, I pray that you'd help us commit to being kind. I pray that you'd help us to, to not glance at kindness and say, oh, that's nice but unnecessary, but help us to really see how important and truly necessary it is. Father, help us We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC Schenectady. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org slash the gospel.